You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Monday, January 22nd, and the Chiefs season is still moving on after a 27-24 win over the Buffalo Bills to advance to an AFC championship game where the Chiefs will travel to Baltimore to take on the top seed in the AFC playoffs. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sween, during last night's game, obviously another all-time playoff performance from two incredible quarterbacks in Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. At any point, were you like, I wish I was Jason Kelsey slamming beers with no shirt on in Buffalo right now? <laughs> yeah, he looked like he had the most fun in the entire building, uh, maybe even more so than some of the Chiefs players. Uh, it's clearly a guy that uh, is is relaxing and uh, probably a little bit relieved uh, after what seemed to be a tumultuous middle to the end of the season in Philadelphia. So uh, Steve, we, you know, we saw live in the flesh, someone getting away uh, after, after a busy season. Um, and, uh, and he was annoying the, the Bills fans, but uh, certainly a, a character and hopefully he makes the trip to, to Baltimore. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of hope the season stays alive for a while longer. Um, and I think we'll definitely see Jason Kelsey in Baltimore because he looked like he was having an absolute blast last night. Like part of me was a little jealous. I was like, man, that's what it's all about. Just slamming beers at a football game, going nuts, egging on the crowd. It looked like it was a blast in that box last night where Jason Kelsey was just going absolutely nuts. But can't say Chiefs pick up uh, another amazing win. They take down the Buffalo Bills and break Bills fans hearts uh, across the country and you know, we talked about it all week. Like it, it was the Chiefs defense and, and it was Patrick Mahomes in this offense. Can they overcome all of the mistakes that have played plagued them all season long and get back to another AFC championship game and, and what was arguably the most difficult road they've had to face in, in a postseason in, in Patrick Mahomes playoff career? And they do it. They get it done again. They advance to another AFC championship game for the sixth consecutive season. And Patrick Mahomes has officially entered his villain era in the nfl where it seems like he's really leaning into it like i'm excited for this era of patrick mahomes because everybody just has to be in awe of the greatness but it's also getting to the point where everybody's just sick of patrick mahomes and the kansas city chiefs yeah uh you're really starting to get that feeling i think more and more um and 
And, you know, at this stage of the game, when Mahomes has knocked Allen out of the playoffs on three different occasions, it's it's just tough to argue um, against Mahomes being the best here. And I think he's the measuring stick for a lot of these other quarterbacks. Um, you know, Joe Burrow really has been the only one to, to, to do it against him on the AFC side, uh, at least in the postseason. But just this idea of when he arrived to the NFL, you know, and more so when he took over in 2018, the Chiefs' season has either ended in uh, the Super Bowl or in, in overtime of the AFC title game, right? Like, <laughs> his only losses in the conference have got, come in overtime. And so it's just, uh, it's amazing. And I think this type of run and getting there again is starting to hit people right in the forehead. Um, you know, any kind of any doubt about, what he can do and, and what this chief's team can do. Uh, I think um, it, it, it's lost it, you know, at, at this point, I, I don't know how you could really um, wrap your head around it. And I, I do feel like for the other fan bases in the NFL, that you know, like if you're not a Chiefs fan, if you're a fan of, uh, of any other team, it's getting to that point where, you know, it used to be any, anybody but the Patriots, but I got to feel like a lot of these fan bases are like, man, uh, four teams left just have anybody but the Chiefs uh, do it again because uh, nobody wants to see that consistent winning unless you're a fan of that team. And so uh, I, I was surprised. Uh, I thought Buffalo would take advantage of this opportunity. They made too many mistakes. Um, and and if you're talking about the Mahomes-Allen thing, you know, leading up to the field goal, Allen had some options underneath and, and they went, you know, they went deep uh, a couple of times when they didn't really need that amount of yards. And a missed kick or fumble and whatever, you know, whatever you want to describe it. I, I think the Bills cost themselves with a, a lot of mistakes. And, and now they have a, an interesting offseason where the salary cap tightens up. doesn't really seem like Stefan Diggs is the same player. And you got to be waking up in Buffalo, uh, kind of saying to yourself, you know, did we just miss our window? Uh, what's it going to take for us to have another opportunity like this? Uh, so sometimes that only happens once in a, in a lifetime when you get uh, a quarterback and, and a team on a down year in your building. Uh, and they just weren't able to take advantage. And you mentioned some of the mistakes from Josh Allen late in that game, and it felt like the Bills were kind of in charge of this thing. Like, it it seemed like the momentum was finally shifting. You know, the Chiefs stopped the Bills on on that fake punt deep in their own territory, which was a questionable call to begin with. And then McCole Hardman has that fumble through the end zone, immediately gives the Bills the ball back. But then... It, it kind of shifted once Buffalo and there was the Josh Allen fumble. The Chiefs weren't able to recover. And it's like, oh, man, this is all just lining up to be a, an absolutely brutal loss or something like that, where the Chiefs had these opportunities and they just fumbled them away at the end of the game like they have in, in other big moments this season. But it, it wound up working out in the Chiefs' favor because once Buffalo got onto the opposing side of the field on that final drive, it was like the Chiefs' defense turned it up. and. And they started getting after Josh Allen and, you know, it, it may go unnoticed a little bit, but there was a, a pass deep into the end zone to where Josh Allen was targeting Khalil Shakir, who had already caught a touchdown that night. And the the pass wound up being uh, just wound up being short and, and he, he couldn't hit him and he was open, but it had everything to do with Chris Jones pressure and him just absolutely bull rushing uh, their left tackle Deion Dawkins into Josh Allen and it affected the pass. And, and it just felt like Josh Allen, the entire game was checking down, checking down, checking down. They're running at will and picking up these huge chunk gains and everything's working for them except for the deep passing game. And it just felt like 
he started to feel the pressure at the end of the game and the chiefs were coming after him and he just starts launching this thing downfield when that's not really what they needed to do. Then obviously Tyler Bass misses the field goal and it, it just felt like a, a very, a very Josh Allen kind, kind of final drive in those key moments of the game where it, it felt like the stage was getting to him a little bit and the chiefs defense really stepped up. Yeah. I think those decisions and, and I know that everyone is going to talk about wide, right. Um, and whatnot, and I just think there were a lot of opportunities for Buffalo. I mean, you, you know, you talk about what could have been an absolute disaster here in Kansas City this morning if that Hardman fumble out of the end zone when the Chiefs were about to have full control of the game um, went the other way and the Bills somehow managed to win. I mean, later, also, you had a, a deep pass, um, and I, like I said, I, I think Allen was taking too many of them, especially with the game on the line, but he did downfield hit Stefan Diggs in the hands you know and I mean how many times have these two uh, had their little tiffs where it seems like Stefan Diggs is unhappy to be in Buffalo this was a golden opportunity for them to um, win at, you know at that point uh, in the game and it just it falls to the to the turf and and so I think there's a, a lot of fingers to point uh, and you do get the feeling um, you know I I'm not, like let's be clear I'm not, I'm not saying that like Josh Allen won't be another playoff run and but i i think this particular iteration of the bills right this like allen Diggs, um potentially mcdermott because it you know he's starting to enter that that area where you know you, you could wonder if if ownership is going to be dissatisfied with these early exits but this particular iteration of the bills um you know and it happens to teams could go is going to go down and and they're never going to have a an afc title i mean they're not i mean it's going to look different the next time that i think Josh Allen has a real chance. Um, like I said, I'm not writing off Josh Allen forever. That's not what that, this is about. But I just think this version that they tried to do with is going to look a lot different next year. And then they're going to have to you know, start rebuilding toward that goal. Yeah, Josh Allen's cap hit goes uh, way up this offseason. I, I think it shoots up to 40-something million dollars. They've got to make some decisions. they got a bunch of free agents, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Gabriel Davis is a free agent. They got to make a decision with Stefan Diggs because he's owed a ton of money. And now it's the second consecutive season where he's pretty absent in the second half of the year. And he's supposed to be their number one superstar wide receiver. Like it feels like it's going to be a big off season, a change for the Buffalo bills. And they got to make some serious decisions on their future. They, they had a window here, I think, for the last three seasons to try to make a Super Bowl, and they did not accomplish that in any of the three seasons. So I think this version of the Buffalo Bills is going to look very different uh, come next year, but an incredible performance from the Kansas City Chiefs and the defense, which has been so elite all season long, you know, struggled uh, at a lot of key moments of this game, but then they stepped up and made plays when they had to. You mentioned that deep ball to Stefan Diggs. Like, that was one of the prettiest deep balls I've ever seen in a live NFL game. If he completes that pass, it's like an all-time uh, postseason completion. Like that was a 70-yard laser that hit Stefan Diggs in the hands, and he just couldn't hang on to it. Yeah, it, it wouldn't change the game. Um, you know, at that point in the game, it was still uh, very much uh, hanging in the balance, uh, so to speak. And I, like I said, I know that a lot of fingers are going to point for Allen for his decision-making. You know, that one um, ball in the end zone leading up to what was the missed field goal uh, when he could have thrown to, to Diggs on the crosser across the middle. Um, and I know a lot is going to come down on the kicker, but that was a, a, a great opportunity for Diggs to change the game. Uh, and Kansas City knows drops from this year all too well. And so, um, 
yeah, it, it, it was a, a tough break for Buffalo and kudos to Kansas City for taking advantage. It, it was an interesting game because I thought for three quarters, Steve, and I don't, let me know if you felt this way. It just felt like they were going to keep scoring both teams until whoever had the ball last. And like as it played out, the Chiefs took the lead early in the fourth, and that was it for the scoring. It, it was yeah. it was crazy. Like the first three quarters were a certain thing, and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, uh, these defenses clamped down. That's actually the opposite of what you typically will see in an NFL game. A lot of times the defense starts to slow down toward the end, and you see more scoring at the end. But it 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 was reverse course and. The Chiefs didn't need any more points when when Bass missed the field goal wide right, uh, and and wide right has been such a uh, a negative uh, phrase for for Buffalo for so long, dating back 33 years ago to the to the Super Bowl, and just you know when you talk about misery for fan bases, that that's as miserable as it can get. Like the fact that the one phrase that you can't stop thinking about for 30 years now has new life uh, 30 years later uh, in this game. Because you knew that the Chiefs were their mountain to climb. You, know, they, you knew that they were you, the, the Chiefs and Mahomes were, were their hump, and it's just, they are unable to to get over it once again. Yeah, credit to the Chiefs' defense and to Steve Spagnuolo because they absolutely put the clamps on the Bills late in that game and in the second half. Um, you know, I I agree with you at least through the first half. Like it, it just felt like Buffalo was just going to get whatever they wanted on the ground, and, and the Chiefs didn't have an answer for it. And then they finally started making some plays late in that game, especially in the fourth quarter. I think James Cook's uh, final four carries after you know he winds up having a, a really nice day, and it seemed like every time James Cook touched the ball, he was getting seven, eight yards of play. And, and then I think his final four touches of the game all were uh, losses. And, and the Chiefs just totally clamped down on, on that run game that was so effective for the Bills on Sunday night. So it, it was an incredible performance from the Chiefs defense, even if it wasn't as dominant as we would have liked to see. Um, that defense is still absolutely elite. That defense can get you where you want to go. And it, it's also an impressive performance when you talk about Mike Edwards. Mike Edwards got hurt on the second play of the game in this one and leads with the concussion. So he's in the NFL's concussion protocol right now. Willie Gay, who healthy all week, all of a sudden pops up on the injury report on Saturday with a neck injury, only manages to play a handful of snaps in this one before leaving with a neck injury. So we're going to have to monitor his status. And I think Willie was like the, the key component on defense in trying to slow Josh Allen and spy him because Willie Gay is our most athletic linebacker for the Kansas city chiefs. So uh, a couple of defensive injuries uh, of note to keep an eye on for the Chiefs this week because they had to do that without two of their key defenders and guys who have been making plays for them so far in the playoffs. And then on the other side of the ball, you talk about Joe Tooney, who's scheduled to have an MRI on Monday. He left the game with a pectoral injury, and that could be a huge loss for the Chiefs offensive line because Tooney was spectacular on Sunday night against the Bills. Yeah, I think the way that things have broken here and getting Lamar and the Ravens, uh, a lot of people probably this week will say this Tooney injury is the biggest one to watch. For me, it's gay. Uh, I know that uh, Tooney is excellent. Uh, he held Ed Oliver without a pressure. I think they went at it 10 times last night, one-on-one, and uh, he was able to curb that. And Allegretti is certainly what he is. It's, it, he's a reserve player that comes in when the Chiefs have an injury uh, along the interior. But Allegretti has been a starter for the team before. He actually was one of the the year-long starters in that 2020 year when the rest of the offensive line uh, all was injured and he was having to play with backups essentially on the fly. 
So he, he played in that Super Bowl. I mean, he has postseason experience, and that was a nightmare for Kansas City. But I think he's a, a good enough stopgap where if Tooney were to be done for the year, Peck is a, a scary thing to hear. Uh, and so we'll see. But I feel okay about that. I mean, it's not like I feel great, but I feel okay uh, about Allegretti there. The Chiefs really need a healthy Willie Gay and all of their most athletic, speedy players against Lamar Jackson. I mean, I don't need to explain why. We've all watched games with Lamar Jackson, and we can see what, what he can do. And so for me, I'm watching Gay, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, I'm watching Tooney, and then I'm, I'm watching Mike Edwards. Uh, and, and not to say that Mike Edwards hasn't been great ball hawk type of player, and that element that the Chiefs really didn't have uh, in previous seasons. But Shamari Connor, it's it, it's not really talked about uh, enough because now I think Snead is, is getting a lot of the attention, and deservedly so. But this is another fourth-round rookie that Brett Beach drafted that looks like he's going to be a starter potentially as soon as next year. It's it's incredible what they've been able to do on day three, Steve, and, and just in terms of, being able to land um, these types of players when, when you're picking, you know, at that point, when you're getting with Jerry seed and those types of rounds, like, and, and now you're getting Connor, you're not supposed to get uh, players uh, of this caliber in, in these rounds. And they've, they've made a habit of it. And it, re- it remains to be seen how it impacts the rest of the lineup. We got to you know find out about Brian cook, but uh, linebacker room has been great. And now you're looking at a safety room to complement that cornerback room next year, if you can maintain everybody, that's going to be one of the best secondaries in the NFL, if not the best secondary in the NFL. Very impressed with Connor and his 10 tackles and stepping up uh, in the absence of Mike Edwards last night. Yeah, Mike Edwards is definitely an injury to watch. As I mentioned, he has been a playmaker for the Chiefs uh, recently, especially with Brian Cook going down. But Jamari Connor, um, I, I know he's gotten a lot of attention from us here at Arrowhead Pride, but Jamari Connor has flown under the radar all year. Um, I totally agree with you. He looks like another playmaker that they drafted in the mid-round that has this potential to be this kind of Swiss Army knife piece for Steve Spagnolo. So really impressive game from Jamari Connor stepping in uh, with Mike Edwards going down on the second play of the game. Um, and, you know, I, I want to... Before we get out of here, I, I want to kind of highlight the offense a little bit. But, you know, you mentioned the Baltimore Ravens, and I don't want to get into this too much because we got a long week of coverage here at Arrowhead Pride. But I, I think this is the best possible matchup we could have gotten on, in the AFC Championship game. Baltimore is playing absolutely lights out right now. Lamar Jackson's going to win another MVP. Their defense is absolutely elite, and they have maybe the best personnel on that side of the ball in the entire NFL. And Pete, it feels like we kind of got robbed of. Mahomes Jackson because if you remember back to the first couple of years where Mahomes was a starter it was really supposed to be him and Lamar Jackson is like the faces of the NFL in this new budding rivalry and we got those matchups early in both of their careers and then the Ravens fell off where they had a couple of seasons just loaded with injuries uh, across the board and Lamar Jackson gets hurt and so they haven't really played in a couple of years and it kind of feels like everybody forgot about some of the epic battles that they had early in their career against each other, because those games against the Ravens and Lamar Jackson in Mahomes' early career were great. Every, every single one of them was, it was a spectacular game. And now it feels like it's all kind of coming full circle where no Cincinnati this year, the chiefs already dispatched the bills and now it's chiefs and Ravens and the Ravens are finally healthy and back there again and proving that they are an elite team. And so I think we're in for an incredible AFC championship game. Yeah, I, I think it it's going to be really.
back-to-back matchup. I mean, I, you look at the four teams remaining, even in the, the NFC, and I do get the feeling, uh, Steve, that, that these really are the, the, the best teams. I mean, not to say that, um, you know, you, you are, are assuming that the 49ers are, are going to advance, but I, I just feel like the Lions have been solid all year. I think it's such a great story to see how excited Detroit is to finally be in the mix playing to get to their first Super Bowl. I, I just think that side is going to be highly competitive, probably more competitive than, than folks will give it credit for. And then this is what you want. It's Mahomes against uh, another uh, really, really good quarterback. Uh, the one constant in the AFC with these title games has been Mahomes. Constantly we're looking for the rival to Patrick Mahomes. Who's going to be the next guy uh, going up uh, against him? Um, and First it was Allen, then Burrow took over that role, where it's like, okay, now this is the rivalry. And you're right, people kind of forgot uh, that Mahomes and Lamar had a, had a thing before any of these guys. And Lamar has found his way back. But the Ravens, uh, to your point, have had laundry lists of injuries, similar to what we've seen from Los Angeles Chargers uh, in division. And now they're, they're healthier. Uh, lost a lot of backs this year on, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but Mark Andrews is expected to be Back in that mix, as Dave Lowers has really taken off, and, and their defense has been one of the better ones in the AFC. Like, if anyone wanted to give Kansas City's defense a run for their money in the AFC, it's been Baltimore uh, and their their ability to hold uh, other teams. And so I think this is going to be a good, uh, grinded-out, defensive battle, uh, and and we'll see how these great offenses, how these great quarterbacks attack uh, what have been the certainly the best defenses in the conference this year. And before we get out of here, just a quick look at the Chiefs offensive performance in their divisional round win over the Bills. Um, You know, uh, I don't think at this point for uh, a season that was filled with questions and doubts about the Kansas City Chiefs, especially from Chiefs fans, if we're being totally honest, um, nobody should ever doubt Patrick Mahomes ever again. He goes 17 to 23, 215 yards, two touchdowns and really. Pete, outside of uh, a couple of McCole Hardman touches that I think the Chiefs wish they could have back. They played a perfect game offensively. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, 15 carries, 97 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey finally shows up, catches five five, tar- five receptions on six targets, 75 yards, two touchdowns. MVS comes up big in another playoff game, two catches for 62 yards, but those were very important down-the-field throws. Rasheed Rice only has four receptions for 47 yards, but still a, a couple of key moments in the game. And Rasheed Rice looked like he was a little bit banged up, but doesn't come out of the game with any kind of injury designation that the chiefs have mentioned so far. So hopefully he's healthy, but it's, it's the recipe we've been talking about for months, Pete it's, it's Pacheco, it's Kelsey, it's rice, little sprinkle of everybody else. And then Patrick Mahomes just making a handful of of plays a game that, that wind up getting you a win. And it feels like for the first time all season, you can feel a little confident in the chiefs offense. Yeah, I think they looked as good last night as maybe they have all year just from a, a standpoint of uh, I, I, it's a little intangible here, but like striking fear into the, the opposition. Finally, I thought Patrick Mahomes looked like that old version of Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid and Mahomes both made sure to give credit to Marquez Valdez Scantling, who had uh, some important catches uh, in this game. And, and, you know, you, you look at, 
what they were able to do in, in terms of curbing Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, and you got that complimentary piece out of, out of Aldous Scantling. And I just felt like, man, uh, it took a long time for this offense to resurface where you were sort of assuming, okay, Patrick Mahomes is going to get down the field. We'll see if he can get three or, or seven uh, at the best possible time uh, because the defense had a slow start in this game. And eventually in the fourth quarter, they clamped down. Now you're looking at an offense that's going to have confidence going into Baltimore. And if the defense continues to play how they did in the fourth quarter, Kansas City should be in good shape to at least give um, give the Ravens a challenge and really threaten to go to their their Super Bowl and, and try to try to repeat as, as, as champions. That would be the first one since the early 2000s. And it's incredibly, incredibly difficult uh, to accomplish what the Chiefs have accomplished already this season. Um, you know, we didn't go to many AFC championship games, and now they've been to six consecutive ones. It's just remarkable what Patrick Mahomes and this team have managed to accomplish. But he's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. Make sure you stay locked in the arrowheadpride.com all throughout this week. We'll have everything you need to know about the AFC championship matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we should also hear from Andy Reid later on this afternoon, so keep an eye out for that on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And we will be back uh, later this afternoon with a fresh edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show discussing their marinated takeaways from the Chiefs' win over the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk to you then. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.